welcome back to another episode of The Rest, a podcast where you get to hear the rest of the story and where we continue the conversation that Sunday started. I'm your host, Jared Jacobus, and our guest today is Joel. Guest. How are you, man? Dude, am I still a guest? Um, you'll always be a guest. Thank you. Because I'm the host. You're the host, and yeah, I'm the guest. And we have to have a guest. You can't have like... Can't be I could two. Be, I could be a co-host. Yeah, but we don't have a co-host situation here. <laughs> <laughs> one host, one, one host, guest, one guest. Always the same. Deal with it, right? That's what I always say. Deal with it. We had staffs giving yesterday. Staffs giving. Oh, it was off the chain. It was good. So good. What's your favorite? Uh, I like green bean casserole. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's I know really I'm not supposed to move to. this mic, but I need to move it. And so, if it's making noise right. on the podcast, sorry, everybody. Yeah. Green bean casserole. Did yeah. You, what did you bring? What did you make? I made a rigatoni uh, three oh, cheese oh, yeah, mac yeah, and yeah. cheese. That was good. I had some bacon. It was really good. Yeah. Do I'm you, not. I'm not like. I don't cook often. Did you make that though? Yeah. I can do it really well because I'm good at following directions. Oh, okay. Very precisely. Okay. So that's um, pretty good. Things turn out when I have something that I'm doing that's already been done before. Have you made that one before? No. You did a nice job. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed like it was like a like a standard. Well, I'm kind of like OCD about things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that kind of adds to the ability to like make a recipe the way that it should yeah, be. Yeah, I guess. What'd you bring? A honey baked ham from oh, the honey baked ham store. Yeah, that was killer. It's always good. <laughs> it I, was necessary. Yeah. You know, you have to some, have ham. two people needed to to bring the the like turkey and the ham or whatever, yeah. but also it was a good fit for me because I don't I don't cook anything well. Oh, really? Not really. Is it because um, you don't have the attention span to follow a recipe? No, I mean I would imagine that I just never did. I never cared. I never tried. I was never yeah. interested. It's funny. It's just one of those things that's on some people's radar, you know, they, they find it, they see it. I see it as like art and design yeah. and a lot of skill. And especially when you're talking about whether it's being a chef and making something unique or, you know, I have known some people that have been cooks for, um, you know, like in the army or whatever. And they, they cook for lots of people. Yeah. I think that's impressive too. That's very hard. Yeah, like when you can when you can make a lot of food for for people and it's all good and it be you know decent. like somewhat good yeah decent. that's a very that's a gift right yeah. there. Um, my wife loves to cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hard getting young kids to eat, you know, like creative dishes. So we tend to stick to the basics. There's for nothing. Now. They don't like anything special. No. More than two flavors, and they're right. they're out. Which once you realize that, it makes it all very easy. Yeah, but what do gonna... you what do you guys do for Thanksgiving? You know, it's never exactly the same. You so switch it up every some, year. Well, sometimes we go to my dad's. Sometimes we go to her mom and dad's. Sometimes we go to both. Yeah. Sometimes we have everybody at my house. Sometimes we go to my brother Ben's house. Yeah. So 
It's just never, it's never. Never the same. same. Mm. I think that would be nice because we do the same thing every year. What do you do? Um, Well, this year is a little different, but um, my whole Jacobus side of the family gets together. Mm. So it's about 60 people. Wow. Where do you guys do that? 60 to 70. Well, that's the thing. Um, We generally do it at my parents' church, but they're renovating. So we, uh, we found a new space. What, what what church is your parents? Westerville Christian. That's, That's the church they go to. Yeah. Right. I grew up going there. Is it's, that it's on... a little older, older type of... Is that vibe. the one that has the, um, like, the big playground in the back? Like, around the entrance? Like, if you go to the back part and go in the yeah. main? Yep. It's on... What road is that? Um, anyway, yeah. State or something. Okay, yeah. Okay. Something like that. I know where it is. Yeah, we grew up going to there. Um... It's just, it's like an older person's vibe. Sure. So, yeah. Wanted something that fit with our age. Right. Um, I think it's time to jump into the sponsor. Right. Of this episode. I was thinking, wh- it was, what? It was about what did, to do. Yeah. What's, what's the sponsor today, man? Today's sponsor is 3D printers. Ooh. Uh, uh, do you know what a 3D printer is? I do. Yeah. Uh, you know how when your kids are little, they end up breaking every single toy you get them within a matter of days. Yep. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, it gets really frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's kind of defeating. So um, that's where 3D printers come in. <laughs> you can make really cheap toys for your kids, and then you don't feel bad when they break them. No next doubt. Day. Do, do you have one? Yeah. We uh, we got one uh, maybe six months ago. What does it make? Anything you want it to. Does it make plastic? Yeah. Yeah, all different types of. It's called filament. You can use all different types. So what? Uh, how big of of a thing can it make? Uh, twelve inches by twelve inches. Wow! So pretty big, and um, you get a lot of files for free offline or online. Oh, and you can just download you just, them and yeah, you can just it make just it. does it. Yeah. So I've made some things like myself, but most of it I just take someone's file and make it. So there's a lot of like toys and figures and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. So they love playing with it. And then they smash it within about three days. And I don't feel bad because it's right. only like it's 25 cents. 25 cents, yeah. Yeah, you know, like our dogs get them toys, but they like boxes and, yeah. and you know, blankets and kind of same socks. As kids. And kids are similar. They They, when they're little... There's a lot of things that they can get into, but they do love like they're once they get a little older. I mean, they want a transformer. Yeah, they want. You can't some make a transformer. Stuff. Well, I did make a. Um, it's called a Mecha Godzilla. That must have been pretty cool. Yeah, it's like 180 pieces. Well, fully, but I'm saying you can't print one. I printed. Oh, it. Oh, I printed it. Yeah, it prints the pieces and then you put it together. Yeah, fully wow. articulating. Wow, it's like 14 inches tall. How does it articulate if it doesn't? Does it give you pins and stuff? Uh, yeah, like different pivot points. Oh, because it can make the little hinge and yeah. the holes and it snaps in. Yep. And you print wow. little screws and screw it together. That is... It's pretty impressive. That is. Yeah. I've seen videos of the giant 3D printers that make houses with concrete. Yeah, I've seen those too. That's crazy. I feel like that's pretty innovative and good. Yeah. I don't know. Takes a lot of the the labor out. I would say. Um, they have big printers that are like eight by eight feet that people print like car parts and all that crazy wow. stuff in. So 
The world's changing. Makes sense. Yeah. Pretty soon you'll be able to print a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can One almost could hope. print a human. Eventually. They're gonna, they're gonna We're be close. There. We're close. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the recap of week two. We discussed that you are fully on board when you engage in sacrificial giving and that tithing is part of living the full life that God intends you to live. Tithing is giving 10% of your household income to the local church, and when the community brings together the tithe, it makes everything better for everyone. Joel talked about the beauty of the book of Malachi and that God cares so much about his people that he is willing to engage in an argument when the people are misaligned with the way in which he has called them to live because he ultimately wants the best for them. And then we talked about how the resulting blessing is practical and that we don't just give to receive an individual blessing, but we give because life is the blessing. We ended with defining tithing as the minimum target for being generous. Mm-hmm. You got anything to add? No, that's, I mean, that's the recap for sure. Um, I think it, it would be um, helpful to start by discussing a little more on the idea that you can't half board a train, either are on or you're not. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it, it's, that's a, that's a, I told everybody in the message that I would be, you know, a little bit tough on them. You know, I said, I'm going to push you guys a little bit today. So, yeah. So, obviously, when somebody loves the church and they serve and they are engaged in, in attending and they're, they're growing and they're learning and they're following Christ daily, then, you know, I, I, I'm not saying, I didn't want, I didn't, I don't believe that that means they're, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Right. However, there is a fully on board amount. Yeah. And that's when there's tithing. You know, when your heart and your finances and your passion and your belief and your understanding of fellowship of Christ incorporates generosity, other attributes of Christ, gentleness, patience, attributes, things like that, fruits of the spirit. It is very difficult to say that you believe in something fully if you're not willing to invest in it financially. And that's true, I believe, because money is so important to us. Yeah. And sometimes it can become too important to us or it can become a God. It can become an idol. We can worship yeah, it. Yeah, very easily. Easily. And Jesus talks about that. You can't have two masters. That's that's a uh, an angle on tithing and giving that I just didn't crack open in a three-week series. But there's a massive amount of work and teaching that has to be done in the way of giving just to release yourself from the power of money can, that money can have in your life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when you're, you know, but, but again, I don't think that that's the primary reason that you give to make sure that money doesn't rule you. I think that it's a good practice to make sure that money doesn't rule you. Yeah, it's one of the benefits. It's one of the benefits. But I think that tithing holistically is an outpouring of 
someone's transformed heart and mind in their life, believing that we've been given and we're created to give. And it's just part of what full life, health, growth, what it means to be a human who's been captured and redeemed and brought into the restoration project that God has started through Christ. And so it, it, it's, you know, when we talk about being a slave to sin, we are overly frugal and we're hoarding and we're selfish and we use what we have only for us. Yeah. And, or for our intentions or whatever we deem the goal of life is. When we're in Christ, we've been set free from the power of sin. And now we are being made into the likeness of Christ. And so from that power and spirit and God's movement in our hearts and minds, the flourishing of humanity has a giving, generous component to it because it's how we were designed. And so it's kind of like if you looked at a heart, a, a literal heart, and I just thought of this analogy. This is a great analogy. And it has, <clears throat> I'm going to mess up all the details, but I think there's about four pipes, right? There's major blood that yeah. goes into the heart and then it gets oxygenated and then it pumps out of the heart, like out through the aorta or yeah. whatever. And then that pumps itself into the, uh, the rest of the body. If you looked at a heart and you said, man, like that thing is really taken in blood well, or, you know, unoxygenated blood, like it would, like it's blue or whatever, because yeah. it doesn't have oxygen. It's taken it in well, and all those valves are working well, and it's moving towards the heart well, and then it's oxygenating the, the blood well, moving through the ventricles or whatever that is, those chambers that we all learned about in biology or whatever. But then if that one valve of export is broke or shut down, and now that blood is just stuck in there, you know, that's, a, that's, that's enough to kill somebody. Yeah. That's enough to have a, a surgery. That's enough to take evasive action and cut someone's sternum open to make sure that that can be moved because the health of the heart is that it's received and it's pumping and then it's giving what it, what it needs to make life come about. And so when we're healthy humans, which is synonymous with being in Christ, humanity being healthy is synonymous with when Jesus says, I'm the way, the true and the truth and the life. It's not, again, that's not life later in a different paradigm. Uh, disembodied souls, spiritual life. That is when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. He's talking about, I'm the embodiment, literal embodiment of the human experience. And I have in my resurrection started the new creation project that can bring humans into the fullness of life yeah. and flourishing. And so tithing, giving, being generous is an indication. It's a, it's a piece of health and Christ-likeness. So it becomes 
almost an imperative for someone to 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 really grow. Yeah. If you don't give, if you're not giving, it's like you're not healthy. It's not, you're not, you're not, you know, and then everyone thinks like, and it is so much. I was thinking about this morning. I was doing a bunch of like yard work. It's beautiful outside right now. It's just crazy. I was blowing leaves and I was just thinking about this, this idea of, you know, when you're young, you get excited about what you're going to get. Well, that's okay because kids need to get things. They need to be supported. They need to be taken care of. They're vulnerable. They're weak. They're yeah, ignorant. They're developing. They're, they're, they're physically weak. Their minds aren't developed. So they need nurtured. And we're supposed to do that. And we're supposed to care about nurturing them. And their needs are not supposed to be immediately turned into, oh, you're selfish. No, you have to meet their needs so that they can grow. Yeah. And then that they can eventually mature. So then when you're an adult or you're mature, you genuinely don't need what you needed when you were younger anymore. And in fact, that desire, I'm just thinking, I was just thinking about Christmas and I was thinking about certain things I want to give. And I was actually thinking about a friend that I want to get a gift for. And I just found myself in the, like, uh, in the, the fantasy of what type of present I was going to get this one friend. Yeah. And it's something just, it almost, it was almost um, as if I stopped and I looked outside my body and I looked at what I was doing. I was like, you're thinking right now about giving and you're excited about it. And I'm, and I was, and it just, it's like, you're right. It's better to give than to receive. Like there becomes a moment in maturity and growth and Christ likeness where we see the world as image bearers, as something to contribute to instead of consume. Yeah, that's good. We become contributors. And that is, that is something that people, we know this intrinsically. When someone grows up, they're 18, they're 21, they become a deviant, they become a debt to society, they become a danger, right, to society, a menace to society, and they're stealing from society, right? They're cheating, they're, they're breaking laws, they're hurting people. That citizen is taking, and what we say is that's a bad citizen. When you grow up and you're a good citizen, it means you contribute. Yeah to the society. So I, I really believe that being a citizen of heaven and being an ambassador for Christ means that a hallmark of your character will be generosity. Now you've yeah, matured. Sure. Now you're a giver. You come bearing gifts. Yeah. And I would say that uh, being generous, you don't wake up one day and then all of a sudden you're generous. Mm -hmm. It's a muscle you exercise. Yes. And, and I, and I want to, I, I do want to emphasize like, like if you hear this and you're like, <clears throat> I'm not there. Or if you're honest and it's emotionally challenging for you and really you're just hurting because maybe your needs haven't been met. Maybe you feel you need something. 
Yeah. That's fair. That's part of it. It is very difficult to just <clears throat> grow up and not be emotionally stimulated, grown, and matured, not be physically stimulated, grown, and matured, not be socially stimulated, grown, and matured to where those buckets get to that, whatever that health line is that mentally, you know, your education, your emotion, your, your, the way you interact with people, your, all your job skills, you get to a, a level of maturity when, when people have a, you know, a deficit in one of those areas, when the church comes along and says, you need to give, but they feel empty, that, that makes sense, right? They, they didn't get what they needed. Yeah. And so you don't, you don't browbeat them and say, well, you just need to suck it up and be a giver and you'll just, you'll, you'll suddenly get your needs met. They're not mutually exclusive, right? You probably still need to get your needs met. And it's okay to say, I'm really struggling here. Like I, I still don't emotionally, I'm not there and maybe I'm mad at my parents or maybe I'm, you know, um, undereducated or, or maybe I feel like I need people to give to me. I'm insecure. I don't know. Like we're just the idea of being a conduit of giving is not quite in your mind yet. Then that, those are indicators of going down the road of what's going on with me. What happened? Why do I feel under served or depleted or whatever it is? Because I think it's okay to, to define that at a point in our life when we get mature, we flip to the next phase. Yeah. And that doesn't mean our needs stop being met. It means that we've gotten that fundamental level up to par. And now we understand how to take care of ourselves and we're in marriages and, you know, we have that relationship with our spouses. They take care of us. We're in societies and we all take care of, but you become now a contributor. Yeah. So you really add good. that. It's not, it's not, if you're a contributor, you don't receive. It's, we always receive. We're always in need. We always need love. We always need nourishment. We always need nurtured. And then we also, as mature people, become part of the contributing members of society and, and in the church and in whatever it is. And that's that's just the nature of it. I, you know, I, I in terms of relationship, just this is a little bit, it's right there. But you know, I heard Brene Brown one time talking about how people talk about marriage being 50-50. And she's like, that's that's a lie. That's not true. Marriage isn't 50-50. Sometimes marriage is 10 90. Yeah. You know, sometimes the spouse, one spouse needs a little more and the other one has to, you know, you know this, right? Like yeah, you, for sometimes sure. you're going way beyond middle ground because yeah. you're covering, but that's okay. You're communicating. It's like, they need more. They're tired. They, you know, whatever they need a break. They can't handle it. So you do your amount plus some of their amount to, to make sure that the whole amount gets covered. And then sometimes the same is true on the other side. And so again, that's okay. All that's normal. We do have needs. We do have all that stuff. And we have to have our needs met in God's healthy way. And then we become also contributors to uh, whatever it is we're part of, especially the church. Yeah. So. And I think it'd be, uh, it'd be so much easier to be generous if we could really understand how generous God has been to us. Right. I think it's just, that's a really hard thing to, to fully It's like grasp. a fish in water. Yeah. It doesn't know that it's in water. Yeah. 
it's just that's that's its life right yeah but if you think about the overwhelming reality of swimming in the ocean and how necessary it is and how a fish has no ability to survive without it that's what god's provision is yeah and it's so normal for us that we don't recognize yep it but it really you're you're exactly right to get to the point where you do realize that everything we have that we love that we want that is good came from God just because he loves us. Yeah. And even, and, 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 and this, this is the part that's hard is the reason cancer or tragedy or whatever it is turns people bitter is because of how valuable life is. Yeah. And isn't it interesting? It's like, we love our lives. And then, you know, every time you see the documentaries or the people, I never thought it would be me. It came out of nowhere. Everything was fine. And then I discovered I had cancer or this accident happened or this or whatever the tragedy or whatever it is. And suddenly now, wow, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. And then it happened. And now, oh, my life, I, 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 I'm realizing, you know, people say it all the time, hug your kids more you know, pay attention to the goodness that you have because it's it's now that that tragedy has been brought in or that suffering that we're more aware of how good it all is. And it that's that's God's goodness in our life. It's there all the time. And I think people need to understand and then they get mad at God. It's like, it's like you have... Oh, you know, you have a whole city of wealth, you know, your Manhattan, like it's got it all. And then, you know, one building falls down, which is tragedy. It's tragic. It's bad. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that the whole thing is suddenly um, all bad. Yep. It actually shows you that what you have is so precious. And this happens all the time. You know, a lot of times God puts people on their back to get them to look up. Right. Yep. They didn't recognize it before. Now you're praying, now you're reaching, and what you're asking God for to solve your problem, um, he may or may not solve it, but in the request and in the approach and in the constant connection that now is new, you find a relationship with God and you find that that right there is more. Yeah, that's worth it all. Than you need, and you you don't even, you, you know, the suffering is there. It can it can fade to slow peace in a, in kind of a mysterious way in in the light of the gospel in the light of a relationship with God, and so again I think your point is right and and, and frankly I, I don't even know how to articulate it. I saw this video last night of you know humans are like mites on a plum. Yeah, have you seen this? Yeah. And then something like that going around a basically relatively insignificant star in a solar system that's in the Milky Way galaxy that has a billion solar systems. Yeah, in it's one the, of the in smaller, the, in, one of the smaller so in the Milky Way galaxy. And then the Milky Way galaxy is one of multiple billion galaxies in the universe. And then they actually believe now that there are 
multiple billions of universes. Yeah. And you know, you just go, okay, either yeah. I'm nothing or I'm the centerpiece. Or yeah, or I'm like God's I'm it. passion was it. Yeah. And some people will turn that to go, see, I don't matter. And to me, I go, or the most important thing. It's amazing how much you matter compared to all of that. You know, that you're the crown jewel of that creation. I mean, that's what Genesis says is this was all good. He made the firm. He made it all. He made all that. So if he made multiple universes, he made all that. And then it's like, and it was good. And then he's like, I make you and you're very good. Yeah. Because you're like the maker. So if we think about it that way, we all look at the universe and go, what the, multiple universes, who did that? And if we really could connect it to God, we'd be like, well, he's, I mean, he's it. Yeah. And then God connects us to him. That's, that's, that's a level of imprint and significance that is worth getting your mind wrapped around. If, or, or trying to. Yeah, it's, it's hard to it's hard. put it all into mm-hmm. a, a thought. But um, that unique perspective, I think, is a really important perspective to It's also a way. To. You know, he says, I'm the life. He says, I'm the way. So part of it is just this, you think you know how to live. You think you know what's best. You don't. You don't know what's best. God knows what's best. Order your life the way I want you to and experience this the better way. Yeah. Be generous. It's better. Better for you, better for them. It's just better. You that's I made you. I made you run on this type of fuel, you know, with this type of oil. Try something else and you'll run clunky. Yep. Try it my way. Do it my way. And you'll run smooth. That's yeah. There it is. I made you. So I made you to be generous. I made you to be loving. I made you to be, you know, a partaker of the divine nature and bring that into the space that, that you, you live. So, yeah. Do you personally know, um, of someone or have you ever heard a story about someone who's been very generous with their time and resources? And after a while they end up saying they regret being generous. I I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if anything comes to mind. It, uh, there are plenty of stories of people who have engaged in, I'll call it the life of the church. And something goes wrong, right? Whatever it is. And then they, they regret, you know, being in that space or giving to that space, giving their time, giving their energy, giving their skill. And so that happens. Yeah. But in like a holistic way. Or like, like a, you mean a financial way? Yeah. In a holistic way, they get bitter. I, you see that all the time. Yeah. In a financial way, I, I have not heard a story of, of somebody, and I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I, you know, I think... <clears throat> Part of, excuse me, of the church's job is to teach people the appropriate disposition, the appropriate expectations of giving. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to bring 
some emphasis to is that this tithing promise, which I'm sure you're going to get to or whatever, is it's not an individual promise of financial success and freedom. Yeah. That's not what it is. It's a law that is fairly cut and dry. It's like the Israelites weren't doing all kinds of things right, and they weren't also tithing. And so the nation was in a mess. It was a mess. So I mean, it's one of many things God says, return to me. Yeah. Do what I tell you to do and watch how when you do what I tell you to do, it blesses you and blesses your community and the surrounding world. Um, so it's it the, the motivation is not the individual return. The motivation is doing things God's way so that we can be who we were supposed to be yeah. as humans. Um, now, again, it, it talks about, and I will, I will uh, make sure that your crops and make sure that you have the produce to tithe from, but that is almost like a, um, that's like a fascinating piece of what God says because he, he's already doing that. Yeah. So he's already, if there's a tithe to be brought in, because there's it's because there's take, rain yeah. and because there's whatever and, and 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 those those realities exist. So he's going, do I'm already you got corn, you got whatever it is, your produce, whatever it is you make. Like I'm already providing. Start tithing, and I'll make sure that I keep providing, and you make sure you keep tithing. And and, and in a way, it's like a I want to have this dynamic with you. Yeah, I'd like this to be our relationship. You know. Um, and, I, and I'm pretty sure that at times, you know, the nation of Israel ran out of things, but it was because they were worshiping false yeah, gods. Yeah, falling and, away. Yeah. And so I, I do think there is a blessing, but again, the blessing that is being promised in that is not individual. It's the communal blessing, the community center, the temple is blessed, and he's... He's, it's not like if you guys bring it in and there's like only 20% room left overnight when you do it, then, you know, the next day there'll be no room left and like the money will be coming out the windows and yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's, you put it all in there and there'll be more than enough in there to do everything that you're supposed to do with it. And so do that. And I'll make sure that you can keep putting more in there yeah. like I already do. So come on. And, um, at any rate, I think that uh, I think that's a, a needed. So that what, what I was getting at is that when someone has the expectation that I give, I'm a consumer. So there's no way I'm going to give my money because I love my money, and my money loves me, which is a lie. But I love it. So if you're going to make me give it, tell me how that benefits me. Yeah, what's the ROI? What, what's the, it's like, that. well, you're asking the wrong question. You already yeah. have plenty of benefits for you. The whole thing is a benefit for you. Your whole life is a benefit for you. This is about your role as an image of God and being like him. Step up to yeah. being like God. And so now I'm a consumer. I want, it doesn't happen. I look, you know, and then some people on that, and this is where it's nasty, they manipulate people. 
And it's, you know, the health, wealth gospel. You give and God's just going to keep blessing you and there's just going to be a blessing. And so go ahead and tuck in a more of a love gift and give more at the offering. And, you know, just, just really play on it because that's how God blesses. That's the way it works is you're just going to get more because you give. Yeah. Well, then you go through the whole life of that. And there's people, there's churches around here that really believe that, that preach that. And man, sometimes people... They get wealthy from that, and uh, they may think that they're, you know, in love with God, but they could just be more in love with money. And it's like, ooh, man, this works for me. Yeah, and that may have nothing to do with it, and it could have something. Maybe they love God and God's blessing, you know, their business or whatever, and so they're tithing on it and all that. But you get into a situation where you really put your hopes and expectations in some type of individual return. And then basically, it just doesn't jive with the whole narrative of Scripture. Like part of being a Christian is to suffer with Christ. It's to lay down your life. It's to spend your life. It's to, you know, Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content. I've had nothing. I've had everything. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. So isn't it amazing? He's like, for me to live as Christ. Most people think uh, to die is Christ. Yeah. Like if I die, at least I'll get to go to heaven and and I'll get to be with Christ and I'll be there with him. Isn't it amazing? Paul says, for me to live as Christ, and I know that if I die, then I'll gain the parts of this human experience that I don't already have yet. There'll be yep. a resurrection. There'll be, you know, all that stuff. But it's not, he's not like, oh, when I die, I'll get all of Christ. He's like, for me, life is Christ. So whether I have or don't have or whatever, I have everything I need because life is Christ. Yeah, you never don't have. You never don't have. And so, uh, and then you you also have the hope of, well, I know that if I don't have, uh, well, now it's like I'm kind of like Jesus because he suffered and had everything and lost everything. And he's, he's the guy that I put all my hopes and dreams in. So I know he's going to make all of this right in the end. Yeah. And uh, this is a temporary moment. So... Again, very, very radical mind shift, you know, that takes a biblical worldview that most people don't have. Um, and then I think people believe that, you know, when pastors talk about money, they just want more money for the church. And they don't believe that the real point is their individual trust to join the communal call of generosity. Yeah, it's not a movement to foster being more like Christ. Right, they think it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, there's an interesting quote I heard a while ago uh, that really impacted me. And the quote was, doing hard things makes for an easy life, and doing easy yeah. things makes for a hard life. And yeah. I think that kind of directly correlates with being generous. Because so. giving costs you something. Do you agree? I think that in general, that when, again, when you become an adult who's, you know, ready to make your mark, move forward, mature, whatever you're supposed to be, whatever, 18, 21 years old, you're starting to turn the corner and become a contributor or you're learning and you're going to be a contributor when you're 25 or whatever that is. Yeah, I, I think that if you if you're a taker, 
and you just look for whatever and you you want to do what is most comfortable or what is easy yeah you're you're setting yourself up for you know whatever that yields which which it it can be very destructive in your life but when you understand that the way the world was made with the wisdom of god that two plus two is four. It really is. Yeah. You know, so in generally speaking, if you spend a lot of time speeding down the highway, going 95 miles an hour, um, you're probably going to get a ticket or you're going to get hurt or you're going to hurt somebody or whatever. It's like the other day I was driving with somebody, my dad, to a basketball game and this guy flew by us on 270, literally, I mean, I was going over the speed limit. I was going 73 miles an hour or something. He he went by going over 100 miles an hour. Wow. And, you know, it's like, if he gets caught, if he gets in a wreck, if he whatever, it's like, that's what happens. Yep. So, you know, maybe you just love the thrill of going fast. But that that has to do with our appetites, you know, and our desires and yielding our desires to God's way of fulfilling those desires yeah, and knowing that um, his cautions and his directions lead us to the, the pathway to life. They're wise, they're good. And so when somebody just picks the thing that feels the best in the moment and they just live their life that way, I mean, your stomach will, if you just listen to it all the time, it will take you in the wrong direction yep. um, a lot. You know, yeah. uh, you have to, you have to, feed it when you're hungry. But if you don't know how to just stop when you're not, yeah, and then something else is, to, you know, you got to get those appetites in order. And it's not that God doesn't want us to experience the desires of what it means to be human. It's when our desires control our lives. We feed those, they get fat. And then, we, you know, we, we do whatever we want. We say whatever we want. We do whatever we want physically, sexually. We do whatever we want with food or whatever, fun or experiences and people, and we're in trouble. And yeah. that's going to cause problems. So I, I do agree that, yeah. generally speaking, that the best way to live your life is not a life of comfort. That cannot be your goal. Yeah. It needs to be purpose. Yeah, and discipline. Yeah, and well, with with purpose comes discipline. It's it's yeah. it's okay. I'm made. I'm made in the image of God, which means I'm made and created to act like God. I'm made to bring about the goodness of God into the world. How can I do that? All right. In order to do that, you're going to have to come up with personal disciplines. You're going to have to have your private life. Your you know all these different pieces line up so that you can add value. And uh, that's going to take discipline. Yeah. So a little bit of pain, no pain, no gain. Yeah. That, I mean, I mean, eating healthy is hard. Eating healthy is hard. Getting physically fits hard. Sure. Eating, eating nutrient dense foods that take care of your body and not always eating for pleasure. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. Um, but it's good to eat for pleasure sometimes. Can't spend your whole life eating for pleasure. Yeah. You know, you you have to know. And what happens is, is if, you, if you actually start to eat nutrient-dense foods, things that are your body needs for health and movement and whatever, you feel better. Yeah. Right? You, you do have feel a better. better. Quality you of have a better quality of life. It just takes time to train and, and tune, tune your desires 
And eventually you start wanting it. And then you want it. And then you want it. And then you can't live without it. Because yeah. you're like, man, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, you know, wired to go this way. And yeah. so I totally believe that as it as it comes to, you know, giving and, you know, people look at it and they go, it might be hard. And, you know, someone came up and, you know, they're like, I just, I got all this, you know, mortgage and school and these bills. And once I get more money, then I'm going to start to give. And I told, I said, look, I said, this is not me saying I want everyone to give during this initiative. So get on board and you need to be a part of it for you. You've got priorities out of whack. You've decided you didn't look at your money and go, okay, God, what am I supposed to do with this money? You looked at your money and you said, what do I want to do with my money? Yeah. And you're doing what you want to do with your money. And now God is coming along and saying, that's not exactly how I want you to do that. And you're going, well, okay, I'll give you some when I get more. Yeah. And he's going, really? I already gave you everything you have. You didn't come to me and go, what's the way? What's the life? What's this about, God? Tell me how to manage this. And so I, you know, I told this person, I said, I would start right now cutting something out that you decided was more important than giving before. Yep. I was like, you do not want to continue as an individual believing that all that stuff that you have is more important than once God blesses you more, you'll give. That's offensive. Yeah. And the whole when I, then I'll is, is a moving target anyways. Yeah. You'll never get to a point. Never. That it, <clears throat> that it meets up with what you said it would. Some, some people, they say they will. And, I, and it's just a lot. It takes just a lot of thinking through. Yeah. And a lot of intentional, you know, it's a value. And that's, that's an important piece of the discussion. You know, you can't just tell people what to do. I, I'm not just telling people just do, you know, this is a value that is outlined in the Christian fi- faith in the, in the Christian life. It's value. It's important. Don't give because the pastor said so and a spiritual authority and you just need to yield. Don't, you know, give because your faith shows you that it's part of what it looks like. It's part of what it, what it means to love God. Yeah. Do it because you value it. And if you think it's important, then take it all the way to making it important. Cause if you think it's important or you say it's important, but you don't do it, it's not actually important. That's, that's not true with any other part of your life. And it's not true with this. Well, I love God. I do want, I do love him. I, it is important to me to give. Really? Do you give? Not really, but it's, imp- I know it's important. It doesn't seem like, you yeah. know, it's important. It seems like, you know, that you're being told you should do it and you agree and intellectually that it's important, but it has not become a value of yours until it becomes a value of yours. You're not going to do it. Yep. So that's really good. Yeah. That's what we're um, going through this series made me think of a series that Andy Stanley did a while ago called you'll be glad you did. Yeah. Right. We could is one of those things that when you get on board and start seeing the life change that comes from it, I promise you, you'll say, 
I'm glad I did yeah. that. Uh, we have one more week if we could. Be here, be engaged, be ready to experience what God will do in this community. As always, we'll be here next week to discuss part three of We Could on the Rest. <laughs>